1965 to 1967. Sit back on a journey of the past, Hello and welcome to the Literary Licence Podcast. Tonight we are reviewing the four episodes 3rd to the 24th of july 1965 the time meddler starring peter butterworth as the the meddling monk and william hartnell as doctor who i'm joined with by myself and craig johnson and with my good friend david grant hello david hello there how have you how are you what have you been up to lately well i've been sort of just you know keeping myself busy doing the open mics is the, uh, that's the old white line and he's on it that's on a thursday night around 7 30 till about 10 o'clock and also we did the uh the uh, anything but the blues uh, which is down in soho just off carnaby street so where jimmy hendrix used to play you know and uh the stones and yeah it was quite interesting it was all blues so we had to sort of just play blues music but uh i went down and did a sort of a uh, couple of old sort of like in lead belly number and uh, they're all blues purists down there you know so mm, <laughs> it was interesting cool. yeah. and you did you went you well, took part in east finchley's got talent i heard and you got a certificate didn't you yeah so it looks like it's uh might be getting processed <laughs> wow and Is you've it, on your application britain's got talent went was successful yes so, so, you should, a, so that'll be interesting so that's going to be a sort of like a latter life sort of like accomplishment and you've got an exhibit an art exhibition coming up haven't you yep it, the Muswell Hill um, uh, Health Club, which is in uh, Muswell Hill, obviously. And uh, that's going to be on the 12th. And I'm going to... Drop of December. Yeah. And display a couple of numbers. A couple of sort of photographs and some drawings. Is that free entry? Free entry. Free entry, right. Okay. And you have one coming up also in January, don't you? March. March, I've okay. March. I've so put it on cool. the back burner. I'm going to get Christmas out of the way and then get my head round yeah, but the art world again. Yes. So, yeah, this... Um, we watched this sort of a uh, Doctor Who. It's it. It's all black and white again. Like and of course William Hartnell, classic Doctor Who, probably my favourite next to Tom Baker. You know, mm. but um, yeah, the Meddling Monk, the guy who actually plays him was uh, Peter Butterworth, who was actually probably more known for uh, Carry On and a Les, a Les Dawson impersonation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks a bit like a Les. <laughs> a very early, maybe he was like an incarnation of the uh, sort of Les Dawson as Doctor Who you know, uh, incarnated in the 60s, who became Les Dawson. Mm. So it's kind of sort of like <laughs> a bit of a sort of skip through time there, you know. And yeah. your your YouTube channel is Acid Monk, isn't it? If anyone wants to check out your yep, guitar. That's right. And your, what's your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram's um, Devo, Devo Grant. At Devo Grant. Yeah, at Devo Grant. And uh, that's the one that you set up for me, you know, yeah. which is really good. The Acid Monk one, I'm sort of like starting that one off again. Like, you know, Craig's been doing... Uh, some recordings and I'm going to try and get some more when we get better weather mm. <laughs> unless we do a sort of a, a Christmas oh, and one. some yeah. of your artwork is on craigsworld.org um, yeah. 
You can get some of the merchandise, cups, stickers, um, uh, teas, uh, hoodies, bags, tote bags, bags uh, drinking bottles. Yeah, uh, just sticks. Um. So that's, <laughs> that's at craigsworld.org. Yes. Um, for myself, I, I had the flu, so that's why the cast was postponed last week because I was so sick and I couldn't even make it to Comic-Con. I was supposed to go to Comic-Con with um, yeah. Mario and meet Sophie Aldred, but I was just too sick um, yeah. and I just couldn't do anything apart from sleep. I was so, and it was like a viral flu infection yeah. I had. Just knocked you out. It was not it? nice. And um, no. The thing is, but, it's the last place you want to be in is crowded company with loads of people you know i think it's because of the too. tube trains and True. everyone's mingling again and and the weather changes one minute yeah. it's warm and then it's cold or um, maybe we've had some uh flu viruses coming over on the Eurostar. you know i saw them walking down the street with little uh oyster cards like you know mm. with the bed bugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it blame france yeah, yeah. blame france so um again. but um yeah, just if you want to check out my stuff, it's at craigsworld.org. Um, and my Etsy store is craigsworld2. Uh, my Instagram is craigsworld2 as well. So check that out. Also, I'm a part of the Whovian podcast on um, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So the Facebook page, if you want to join, it's the Whovians podcast. That's so right. just have a search on there. And there's loads of cool things and news and tidbits and stuff from there. And we have um, Mario and sort of Ramona. And Mario and Ramona send their apologies. They can't make it this tonight. Um, yeah. But Mario did go to Comic-Con. He met Sophie Aldred. Wow. And he is also arranging a new Christmas podcast special edition, um, which will be the, the Narnia Chronicles, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe from 1988. And that is going to star... Mr. Tumnus, he's going to join us mm-hmm. um, for an interview. Um, so that's something to look forward to in a couple of weeks' time. So it was originally what C.S. Lewis, wasn't it? Yeah, C.S. Lewis. Yeah, because, so. I mean, it was like, it's a, it's a strange it's a strange uh, story. Oh, know? and I put my Christmas decorations up as well. Oh, yeah. The tree's up now, yeah. we can see. I've done it, it early. It makes me feel good, so I've put it up. <laughs> and I love Christmas, so there's a- something any about, excuse. Yeah, there's something about Christmas. Some people... There was a guy I knew he used to leave his tree up till March or April. Wow. Because he was such a Christmas wow. freak. <laughs> you know, kind of the sale, like you have to take it down after 12 days mm. because it's, you know, if you follow the superstitions, now it's supposed mm. to be bad luck. But the thing is, it looks great, you know. I mean, I love, I I like. You um, can't get any more bad luck than we've got already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all the shit that's happening <laughs> in the world, you know, yeah. Yeah, so we're going through a very bad energy time, like, you know, but hopefully. Uh, we can raise the vibrations, you know, and things get will turn around. I mean, for every dark side of the coin, there's going to be a light side of the coin, right? Peace and love. That's, what that's we right. Need. We need peace and Imagine love. Imagine all the peace people living all the <laughs> and uh, all the words. <laughs> yeah, but this um, this this is a great. It's Peter Purvis who was actually in uh, Blue Peter. Sort of kind of looking a bit James Dean in this, uh, you know, this, these he episodes. He's he does very look, handsome. Yeah, very sort of like a tall, dark, handsome stranger type and guy. Vicky's you know? in her cloaks in this one. Yeah, so looking, she's looking good. Looking, looking like some kind they're of. They're a uh, good. I like this combination that they're yeah. as, as a as a so, assist companion couple. Right. So they, does he know. become 
the next companion with Vicky. Yeah, he stays away. Right, I thought okay. he was going to in the last adventure in the uh, in the chase, and I was like, yeah. where where did he where does he come into things? Where does he fit into? And then him? it makes sense. I mean, so hmm. okay, so let's we're going to cut to the trailer, and we'll be right back. This is the synopsis for Doctor Who, The Time Meddler, which aired from the 3rd of July to 24th of July, 1965. The first Doctor and Vicky and Stephen Taylor aboard the TARDIS after he stumbled in during a disoriented state of muchness. The TARDIS lands on a rocky beach, watched by a monk. It is soon spotted by a Saxon villager, Eldred, who runs to tell the headman of his village. The doctor establishes a sentry from a discarded Viking helmet and heads off to the village. Steve and Vicky explore the cliffs above, witnessed by the monk. The doctor encounters Edith, Wolnuff's wife, and convinces her that he is a harmless traveler while probing for more information. He discovers that it is 1066, since Harold Godwinson has not yet faced Harold Haradad at the Battle of Stamford Bridge. At a nearby monastery, monks are heard chanting, Arriving at the monastery, the doctor finds a gramophone playing the chant. He stops the gramophone and the monk traps him in a cell. Stephen and Vicky encounter Eldred and notice he has a wristwatch dropped by the monk. The next morning, they are ambushed by the Saxons and are taken to the village council. They convince Walnut that they are travelers and are given provisions to travel on. Vicky is heartened to hear from Edith that she encountered the doctor on his way to the monastery. Stephen and Vicky visit the monastery, where the monk tries to dissuade them from entering but gives himself away by describing the doctor too accurately. Stephen and Vicky break in after dark. A Viking attacks Edith and the Saxons go hunting for the invaders. One is struck down while his companions, Sven and Elf, flee. Eldred is badly wounded and Walnut takes him to the monastery for help. While the monk is occupied with the Saxons, Stephen and Vicky find the gramophone. They discover that the doctor has escaped through a secret passage and returned to the village. The doctor heads back to the monastery and gains the upper hand when the monk answers the door. The doctor begins to question the monk. Sven and Elf ambush the doctor and the monk are, but are overpowered, but the monk slips away during the confrontation. He tries to persuade the villagers to light beacon fires on the clifftops, secretly wishing to lure the Vikings fleet to land. Warner tells the monk that he agrees, but admits to Edith that he suspects danger. Stephen and Vicky return to the monastery and investigate the crypt, where a heavy power cable extends from a sarcophagus. Looking inside, discover that the monk's TARDIS, that he must originate from the same place as the doctor. The doctor overpowers the monk upon the latter's return to the monastery. The monk reveals his plan to destroy the Viking fleet, which would prevent the battle with Stamford Bridge and leave the Saxon soldiers completely fresh to defeat William of Normandy at the Battle of Hastings. He boosted his plans with Ac he boosted his plans but accelerate mankind's development by centuries. The doctor denounces the monk for seeking to alter the course of history and forces him to reveal his TARDIS, where they find Stephen and Vicky. The time travelers piece together the monk's plot, which he insists he intended to stabilize England and benefit Western civilization. Ulf and Sven form an alliance with the monk and tie up the doctor's party while the three of them take the neutron bomb shells to the cannon on the beach. The scheme is foiled, however, when Walnut and the Saxons arrive and engage the fleeing Sa Vikings in a nearby clearing. The monk hides while the fighting rages, little knowing that the doctor and his friends have been freed by Edith and are tampering with his TARDIS. With his scheme in ruins, the monk decides to leave and return to his TARDIS. 
When the monk looks inside, he realizes the doctor has taken dimensional control and that the interior in his ship has shrunk beyond his use, leaving him stranded in 1066. The doctor, Vicky, and Stephen return to the TARDIS and leave. And that's plot synopsis for the Time Middler. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Literary Licence Podcast. This evening we are discussing The Time Meddler from 1965 and we're coming to you live from East Finchley in the leafy suburb of East Finchley and Barnet in North London. you'll do. <laughs> yeah. So guess what? It turns out the Doctor isn't unique and nor is his spaceship. Because uh-huh. here we meet another one of his people for the first time, apart from Susan, and get to explore another TARDIS, yeah. which also suggests that the Doctor had a lot less to do with the construction of his own vessel than he might have expected. So it's interesting to see, because this character, the Time Meddler, you know, there's questions. Is he the master? Uh-huh. Was he going to be the master? Or is this the idea where the master came from for example right 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 so like his first incarnation in the sense mm. of the, but that that was interesting when they said uh, about the tardis could be it, it will appear as a uh what was it a well, it, yeah, like, you know he, yeah like an because the chameleon switch broke which made his one stuck into a into a, 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 police ta- a police box for yeah. all this time but the uh, but the, the meddling monk seems to have what that able sort of, to control uh, his one, and he's made it like a coliseum type of thing, uh, or, or an old church or, or tomb, something. or yeah. whatever it is, whatever it is. Like you know, you know, that's strange. You know, that's uh, that's that makes you think about a lot of things. You know that, um, you know this thing about the dimensional thing. You know, David Icke was talking about mm. where, like, um, the reason why, uh, you know, people, some people see aliens, mm. some people see angels, some people see demons, some, and it's like it's just your perception. Uh, mm. If that perception switch is switched down. You know, then you will sort of like start seeing whatever, whatever, whatever uh, mythology you follow. Because even in even more so than the chase, this story is upfront about being made for people watching in 1965. Because the monk refers to the Doctor's TARDIS as nothing like a modern police box, and all his consumer goods are contemporary. Yeah, you know, watches, toasters, binoculars. So yeah. the 60s hardware is seen as proof that something's gone wrong with the 11th century history. <laughs> Only the monk's gramophone is old-fashioned, and that was a tape recorder in the script. Yeah. Um, and on top of this, you know, it's flagrantly being made for television. And there's no effort to make the studio look like location work, and the stock yeah. footage is just as brazen as it is in the Romans. Yeah. Um, the monk, the monk makes jokes with the Doctor about Shakespeare writing for TV in a scene <laughs> that might almost have had one or both of them winking at the camera, <laughs> especially, you know, Peter Butterworth, he's fresh from carry, carry on. So films, and that's, how you, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you probably envision him as. Yeah. 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 Being. So um, he's kind of sort of still playing that part in a sense, like, you know, you know, the and cheeky... I think this is my uncle Mick's favorite doctor who, because he always men- mentions the meddling monk. Right. Um, but it, yeah. uh, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to remember for, <clears throat> I may have seen this the first time around, you know. So what was that, 65, did you say, 64? 1965. Okay, 65. Yeah, yeah, I would have been 10. So, you know, I would have been watching it. Because the Doctor, he 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 mentions that he misses Ian and Barbara. Mm. And uh, even by the end of the events, he's he's welcoming Stephen as a sort of crew member almost. Yeah, with that's Vicky. Right. He's almost preparing um, him for that uh, role. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think... Uh, I think he, I, I can't, re- I remember him being in it, but I can't remember how long he actually, how many episodes he was in. Like, you know, the, it's the ones that stick out in your mind more, Barbara and uh, mm. Ian. 
you know, that's been the first ones, eh? The monk knows him by reputation, apparently. Um, uh, some commentators have, have actually claimed that the, the, the both runaways, him and the doctor, yeah. knew each other from the academy in Gallifrey. And this is about just about feasible, given what we hear. <laughs> um, but it's no means implied by the dialogue. No. Uh, the monk apparently recognises the doctor. The doctor may or may not recognise the monk. Right. Um, but although the monk uses the title doctor without being told it, then there may be some off, off screen um, conversations that they have. Because yeah, yeah. that's his TARDIS, this uh, tomb that he's yeah. got inside the cave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he's got a recording of all the monks on. Doing an even song, you know. Yeah. To, to sort of make it sound like a. Well, not to scare the villagers. Mm. Actually, and it also, it's set in Northumbria. This uh, second, you know, so it's kind of up north, and uh, I remember the the Isle uh, the Isle of Lindisfarne um, that was always getting raided mm. by uh, Vikings, you know. Because ethically, the in calling the monk a time meddler, the Doctor makes it sound as if this is a kind of nuisance he's faced before, right? Um, but more likely, it's just common you know, among his people for those to, that mess about with time machines, and he's adamant that the golden rule of not interfering. Um, with history with should history. be upheld, though this is presented as a code of conduct and not mm. a law of nature, as in like earlier stories. Mm. Not, um, but um, I like that it's the it's just mystery, mysterious. It's good, yeah. And that we don't, you know, yeah. I didn't realize the monk does return. I think in the Daleks master plan, okay. that's um, a missing adventure. But there are some sequences that have existed. Um, so and also, if for the 60th anniversary on Saturday, yeah. the BBC have put all of 800 episodes of Doctor Who available on BBC iPlayer, <laughs> and they're also available streaming on ITVX if you pay for the subscription. Right. Now, the Daleks Master Plan is on is on um, BBC iPlayer, the, um, and I think the monk. I've never seen it, you see, so I can't really comment. But yeah. I'm sure the monk is involved in that story. And I think that's going to be, I'm really excited to watch that because I've never seen those missing episodes before. No. Or, or so, the remaining episodes that the BBC didn't in, destroy in a fire in the 60s. Do you think they really did destroy them or just lost them, you know? They just chucked them in the bin or, or hell, set them on know. fire or whatever they did, just you incinerated know, it's them. Like, it's like thrown away. Sort and of then like collectors a, were coming and collecting them. And yeah. now, now, you know, now like, some people have got them, but they want to, don't want to do deals with the BBC for whatever reason. Yeah. Or they're offering them ransoms. Yeah. Um, just oh. to get them, and also for those keen viewers, the Do the Doctor Who and the Daleks is has been recolored, and it's available on BBC Four at seven thirty on um, uh, the, the Thursday on thir this Thursday coming. Yes, sir, um, the so that will be, and then that will be followed by an adventure in time and space, and then at eight thirty, there's a there's a channel five documentary on the secrets and scandals of doctor who on channel five <laughs> so that'll be interesting i'll be interested to see the behind the scenes but let's know. talk about vicky what did you what do you think about vicky david yeah i think she's she's got a good presence about her you know she's you know she's not um she's not uh sort of like a, a shy uh sort of like plain jane type you know she's she's got an opinion you know mm. she seems to sort of like banter with the doctor mm. um yeah, you know, she's not like, see, Susan was like, I mean, you could see she was only a kid, but like, what, what's Vicky supposed to be in this, about 18, 20 or something like that? Yeah. Is that like her age, like, you know? So, you know, but uh, I think um, them two together, they've got a good chemistry, you know? Yeah. I like it, you know? Because I know she misses Ian and Barbara. Yeah. But, but there's no reason to want to be anywhere but a TARDIS. But she 
she relishes well she's not very good with heights and she yeah. t- she gets tired quickly yeah um but Stephen, he's definitely calmed down a lot now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's quite sarcastic and sceptical, which is really cool. It's so quite refreshing. A little bit more sort of like, um, uh, you chilled know. out as time goes. Yeah. 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 They I, don't have, you know, he's he's he just says it, say what you see with him. Exactly. For all the time with like William Hartnell, he was really confrontational. That's what I liked about him, you know. Mm. As, as the first doctor, I suppose he had to be. And the role was just evolving. Well, it was actually starting then, you know. Mm. And what it became eventually, you know, with the other doctors, they were always like kind of a, there was always like a tongue-in-cheek thing anyway, like, you know, mm. jelly beans with Tom Baker and, uh, you know, things like this. Um, but it's kind of sort of like, it's a bit like black comedy sometimes. And you, lo- you made me laugh because, you know, it's 1066 yeah. and they've landed in Northumbria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're up in Newcastle almost. <laughs> Wait, I'm a- so the, the doctor might read a few Geordies when he's other. <laughs> you know, but uh, I think uh, Peter Butterworth is great. There's a good bit of sort of dialogue between them, like, you know, we've just been uh, watching a few of the episodes there, uh, ref- refresh our memories, like, you know, and uh, I like I like William Hartnell. It's a shame he, he didn't continue longer. Mm. How many actually um, series did William Hartnell do? You know? uh, about four, yeah, 30 or so. I, 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 um, I, I less, I, 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 that I'd have to... I'd... yeah. Yeah. Send us a comment if you know the answer to that, because yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Didn't he do four seasons? So what would that be? That would be four. It was normally about six in every season, wasn't it? No, no. Something like that. So um, really not that many, you know. And yet he's the one that really sticks in my mind, you know. The yeah. you know. His yeah. last one was the tenth planet. Oh. Um But you know, it's William Hartnell as the doctor did sort of kind of encounter some of the classics, you know, the Daleks, mm. right? Did he, was it Zabi, Zabi? They were in the web planet. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, the insects. Did he ever, did he ever encounter the Cybermen? Who? Uh, William Hartnell. Yeah, in the Doctor. 10th planet. There you the go. The very so first appearance of them. He covered like some of the, the most iconic. He did, yeah. Uh, you know, sort of yeah. the, the baddies in a sense, like, you know, that the Doctor was ever to meet, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, classic. And also, I mean, he played the part like a Shakespearean role, you know. He almost like came across like some character from like Othello or, or Hamlet or something like this, you know. <laughs> it was quite so cool. episode one had a rating of 8.9 million. Wow. Episode okay. two, 8.8. Yeah. Episode three, 7.7. And then episode four, 8.3 million again. So um, episode titles was The Watcher, The Meddling Monk, A Battle of Wits and Checkmate. Right. But the working titles was The Paradox for episode one, mm-hmm. Doctor Who and the Monk and Doctor Who and the Vikings. Right. So, so yeah, it seems like I think a lot of people uh, would like to watch the first one and then watch the conclusion, like, you know. But the thing is, like, I mean, I think you should watch them all, you know. You're not going to get the story, you know. It's, Mm. And actually, the Vikings portrayal was quite cool. You know, I thought that they are they're quite cool. All right, they, they don't. I wish they would change their. Why does everybody have to speak in like um, English? I know we won't understand, but the thing is, like, they could change the accents a little bit and make them a bit more like a Scandinavian sort of speaking English. You know, in a sense, like you know. Mm. So it'd be like, you know, maybe they would they wouldn't roll the R so much. It'll be a bit like Abba speaking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you change oh my I'll be first day like you know so <laughs> yeah so but Vicky
think she's good, you know. Mm. And what if we go for ratings? Then what would you give this out of five? Uh, well, after watching, um, I, I was saying it was really, really all these episodes were really like historical, and you would learn something from it. And it's like I think there was a point made um, last time we we're on the cast was uh, saying like you know kids actually started to really enjoy history by watching Doctor Who because it was made a bit more entertaining. You know, mm. I think uh, well, I've enjoyed watching this. You know. I would say maybe an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd give this a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I love, I'm love. i intrigued by this character. I want to see more of him. So you think he might be the first master? It could be I'd, the master, I'm the not, master. I don't know, unless he is just a unless he just is a meddling monk from Gallifrey who's just out right. to meddle all the time. With time, like, you know. But I definitely think they should bring him back. <laughs> like a rogue time lord. Mm. <laughs> Maybe the will, you know, in some other format. You watch. Yeah, so you, you reckon nine out of ten, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And see, the, the actual, all right, come on. Some of the, yeah, the backdrops are a bit, but most of it's really good, you know? So that brings us to the end of um, the Time Meddler. And now we're going to move on to Galaxy 4, mm-hmm. which was Serial T, four episodes, 11th of September to the 2nd of October, 1965. We'll cut to the trailer and we'll be right back. This is the plot synopsis for Galaxy 4, which aired from the 11th of September to the 2nd of October, 1965. The first Doctor and his companions, Vicky and Steven Taylor, arrive on a silent planet and encounter short, blind, non-humanoid robots dubbed Chumblies by Vicky. Before the child decide whether the Chumblies are hostile, one of the robots is disabled by an all-female party of clone blonde Darvins, warriors from the planet Darvana in the same galaxy as the silent planet Galaxy 4. The Darvins are dominated by their cruel leader, Maga, who treats her simple-minded subordinates with bullying contempt. The Darvins are at war with the reptilians, Rills, the masters of the Chumblies, and both races have crashed spaceships on this planet. According to the Darvins, the planet will be destroyed in 14 planetary cycles and with their ship irreplaceable. Maga and her warriors seek to capture the Rills' ship, which they believe has been made functional again. Maga describes the Darwins as the victims of the conflict with the Rills, but the Doctor has witnessed some of the Darwins' aggression and is not convinced. Using the TARDIS, he calculates the planet will break up in just two days' time. The Doctor tries to keep this new findings from the Darwins, but Maga forces the truth from him at the point of a gun. When Stephen held his hostage to ensure their cooperation, the Doctor and Vicky are sent by the Darwins to try to seize control of the Rills' ship. The doctor works out that the ammonia-breathing rills are a very advanced species. When he meets one, he is impressed, particularly by their use of telepathy. The huge and impressive horn ward log-like rill explains that they are offered to take the Darwins away with them, but Mega has refused, preferring to maintain a state of war. The doctors tell the rills of the true life remaining in the planet and promise to help them escape since the solar energy converts on the real craft have not gathered enough power to uh, left off. 
The Doctor and Vicky return to the Darwin ship to find Stephen unconscious after Maga has tried to kill him by leaving him in a depressurized airlock. They all return to the row vessel, where the Doctor successfully develops a power converter linked to the TARDIS, which charges the row craft. Mega leaves the Darwin in a final assault, with the Chumblies defend the ship long enough for it to power up and leave the planet. A Chumbly helps the Doctor, Vicky, and Steven to return to the TARDIS. After they leave, the planet explodes, killing the Darwins. In the TARDIS, Vicky identifies the planet on the scanner. On the planet, an astronaut wakes up in an alien jungle, repeating the phrase, I must kill. And that is the plot synopsis for Galaxy 4. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Lightning License Podcast. Tonight we are discussing Galaxy 4 from 1965. And David, what are your opening thoughts? Right, okay. I know you had a bit of a, a bit of a joke before saying it was Henry the Hoovers running around, you know. <laughs> but actually, they look more like sort of like like IKEA Daleks. Yeah. They're a little bit smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Flat pack Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's exactly yeah, my flat thought. Pack I, I, dollars, I thought, yeah. is this where Star Wars got the idea for hey. R2-D2 from, from the wow. Chumblies? Hey, you're right there, you know, because they did look quite... Uh... Um... <laughs> The uh, so what so these two these right so this yeah. one this this episode in particular <laughs> sorry I keep seeing I've got the TV on and I can just see these chumblies running yeah. around um, <laughs> this one is with Dravins which are steely blonde warrior women with ray guns and a tendency to say things like it is conceivable that you two will be obliterated <laughs> chumblies which are wobbly service robots who blow yeah. off in perfect radiophonic pitch um, there's rules which are like gap like deformed creature things that live in glass cages right um that no one can remember seeing and then yeah stick them all together on a planet and see what happens and see what happens. but i love the i watched i've seen the animation yeah um and i've seen the original surviving footage yeah um i've got to admit i enjoyed watching the surviving footage more than the animation uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure why, um, but it's available on BBC iPlayer. Um, but the the animation was okay. I like the, I mean, the landscape and the the, the planet detail is really really good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's um, got a good color. I just yeah. wish the animations were more. Um, a bit more. Um... I think they. I wish they spent more time on the animations of the actual character. Yeah, because it could have made them um, a little bit more. It's just a bit uh, flat in places for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really hated the 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 Dravin's character, um, <laughs> the the leader. I really I couldn't wait for her to perish. Mm. Um, and it was really satisfying to see her die at the end, um, or off screen death. It was it was really good. I was like, thank God she got her comeuppance. Yeah. Um, for what she did to Stephen, um. By taking the oxygen out of the room, it, you know things like that. Like there's just blatant cruelty, mm. and um, that's you know it's good. It's just about you know, yeah, like you know, a, cowboys uh, and Indians and exactly you know good versus evil and atonement. Yeah, you know, um, it's like a, a difficult Doctor Who because you've got these chumblies and they go around like little R two D twos just yeah. making squeaky noises. How do you do- create a dialogue around that? They did a really good job with that because that would that would have been very difficult to <laughs> even even just 
to run its course. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you know? uh, I think um, Star Wars took a lot from that. Like, mm. you know, definitely sort of R2-D2, you know. So this was the first story to be directed by one of the black and white era stylists, which was Derek Martinez. Right. So plot-wise, it's the first story to use what will become a familiar part of the 60s program. Um, you know, an airlock with the pressure being removed, unless the occupant, in this case, which was Stephen, yeah. um, gives in to the bad guy's demands. Um, and then there's a full-scale planetary destruction as well at the end, mm-hmm. um, which makes me think of survival, the end of survival a little bit, where the planet was disintegrating and the master was turned into a cat yeah. in 1989. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, but also all all power to the the all girl team on this yeah that's true um which was it would have been very controversial in the 60s especially absolutely um to make them authoritative and powerful um and, and it's and, a different spin on things yeah and i mean the thing is like i mean because back in the day back at that time mm. i mean it was like barbarella you know it was all like uh, you know jane fonda sexing it up a little bit like you know basically just like uh, exploiting the the female sort of a uh, character as a you know, do you remember that movie, Barbarella? You know, hmm. it's like, uh, th- but these women are like, they're quite strong and they're quite, um, they're a bit like um, the girls in like the modern Star Trek stuff, you know, they actually can stand and stand their own ground. Like, it, it's perfect, you know. Why should you sort of like be pushed down like that? So basically, um, at the time of literally, um, 108 of the original 695 episodes of Doctor Who yeah. um, aren't known to exist anywhere. 108 are missing. 108 are lost. Um, 108 have been wiped from the face of our, of our human culture. That's more than 15% of the canon. <laughs> but yeah, but somebody might have made a copy, you know, like a hard copy and kept it. I'm sure, I'm sure one of the, the film, one of the guys who was doing the editing, he might have made a, you know, uh, a hard copy to keep in case it was lost. You know, when you when you're in the recording studio, mm. normally sort of a they make a um, a safety copy. This yeah. is back in your analog days. You know, now it's it's obviously different with digital, but uh, just in case, because the story where Jimi Hendrix the recorded the uh, Are You Experience, he took it out to a party, the, the can, the canister with yeah. the the recording, left it in the back of the taxi. So mm. someone has that. Yeah, you know. It's interesting because in today's society, you wouldn't think of deleting or removing an no, a, a, a televised program or film. You'd have you'd have copies and copies of it co- on different yeah, formats, exactly. and you could put it into the cloud. Yeah, or you could store it on something. So it's like unthinkable nowadays. Yeah. in today's that. So eight, nothing can age. be lost. Yeah, exactly. No. So I mean, uh, there's three sons in this um, serial. Yeah, um, which I didn't understand. I thought the planet would have been hotter, but for some reason they didn't seem to make any reference to uh, yeah, taking their clothes off or dying from sweltering heat which was interesting maybe they were they were so far away they were just yeah. given like light and not really that much heat together mm. a combination they'll give a little some kind of i thought the sets were amazing in this very yeah. large sets um actually yeah, you yeah. know it kind of um, looks like a i like the uh the pyramid you know the way the sort of the pyramids uh pushed all the way through like you know mm. yeah the driving commander was called marga um, yeah. And she she tell she lets the doctor know that the test tube bred subordinates are uh-huh. engaged in a small kind of war, <laughs> um, and tries to convince them that the Chumblies are the enemy. Right. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's like people paying the the plane off each other all the time, like you know, because I mean, 
Vicky was the first to speak to the reels and her their version of events was was quite different. To, um, to uh, yeah. It was the Dravins who began hostilities, yet the Rills um, are the ones who have offered to help the persecutors get off the planet before its destruction. Right. That's that's one of them there. That's one of them there. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So they kind of look like a precursor of uh, the Daleks, you know, where actually when they were inside the, you know, the outlay, the actual, um, the outer suit, you know, the Dalek itself, like as it's done. Yeah. Weird, you know. I'm just wondering why it's in a triangle. <laughs> It's the Toberone factory. Uh, it looks a bit like it. Yeah. Or ancient Egypt, you know. Mm. Yeah, strange, you know. Yeah, I must have meant the cartoon. I mean, look at look at the graphics now, on there. The interesting thing is they don't on the up they call their home um planet Galaxy Four yeah, instead Galaxy of Galaxy four. One. So that makes you that suggests that the that um fourth dimension the Dravia is itself a colony. Right. Um, you know. Marga's reference to the Earth people could suggest that um, she's run into humans before, and that's why she's so hostile. Right. Uh, um, so she's encountered us before. Because it's implied that, yeah, because it, it, there's a suggestion that she has, they have spaceships like capable of moving between galaxies, but at the same time, some space hopping seems to be quite new to them. Mm-hmm. Interesting, you know? Maybe it's that thin, sometimes they. The, the 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 actual um dimensional sort of like uh corridor is very mm. thin you know yeah interesting no yeah but they do look a bit like henry's now <laughs> in fact he's just gonna plug one in right let's do the carpet this was written by um william ems and directed by derek martinus mm-hmm. um his ratings were for episode one nine million that's episode pretty... two, nine point five million. Wow. Episode three, eleven point three million, and then episode four, nine point nine million. Oh. Um, it's just a shame that none of the episodes uh, um, exist. But six minutes remain from episode one. Yeah. Um, but they are available on the missing year in the Lost in Time DVD box set as well. Um, so Robert Cartland. Did the real voices? Yeah. Um, Stephanie Bidmead was Marga. Martin Mar- Mar- Marina Martin uh, was driving one. Susanna Carroll was driving two, and Lynn Ashley was driving three. Who who did the voice for William Hartnell? Was it William Hartnell? Or- yeah, it was okay, right, right, because yeah. So the working title was Doctor Who and the Chumbleys. Yeah. So, and the ep- actual episode titles was 400 Dawns, Trap of Steel, Airlock, and The Exploding Planet. Uh, yeah. As the four, like, you know, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But what would you give it as a... This, this story was actually scheduled for Mervyn Pinfield to direct, but because of ill health, um, the be- the newcomer, Derek Martinus, was given both and the mission to the unknown. Right. Right. Uh, um... You give it as a uh, written, you know. I mean, it's. I quite I enjoyed it. Really, good, yeah. yeah, it was good. Um, I think I, t- I'll, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Uh, I think I'll give it a nine out of ten because it's like, I like the animation. It's great, you know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Maybe a little bit two uh, D, 
but it's it's, mm. it's colourful. You can see what's going on, and it's not like uh, or it's not like Magna or something like that. You know, but it's great. You know? Yeah. Mm. So that brings us to the end of the literary license podcast for Doctor Who um, Galaxy Four. Um, like I said, if you want to check, if you want to join our Facebook page, please check out the Whovians podcast Facebook page. Yep. It's free to join, um, and um, check out Craig'sWorld.org if you want to see any merchandise or limited edition artwork from David Grant. Check um, it. Check it out. Acid Monk is and the, Acid is Monk it? on YouTube. Yeah, yep. and. Um, we will be doing some exhibitions this year and next year at the Muswell Hill Health Club. In Fortis Green. In Fortis Green and probably Lauderdale House again. I'm oh, sure. Lauderdale House, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to try and then put, we're trying to find other venues to sort of like display some of the artwork and that, you know? Yeah, yeah. just watch the space, guys. Exactly. So, it's yeah, it's good night from me, Craig Johnson. Yeah, and good night. Thanks for listening to me. And good night. Dear.